0: stack we're proud to be part of the authors on the air global radio network my guest today is usa today best-selling author wendy wax let me tell you a little bit about wendy her newest book is called my ex-best friend's wedding Um, we saw each other not too long ago at the Fort southwest readers fest it was then i realized that when i first started this show wendy wax was my first guest It was serendipitous to run into her. So let me tell you a little bit about this fabulous woman. She turned to fiction after a career in broadcasting as a television writer, producer, and on-air talent. Um, Her claim to fame during this time was serving as the voice of the public's machines i love that and hosting a live radio show called desperate and dateless she claims she was both um, her 14 novels and two novellas explore friendships particularly uh southern friendships which are very very different and we're going to talk to wendy about that she is a florida gal born and raised in saint petersburg just a little bit north of me and um she claims it was within spitting distance of the gulf of mexico which is true um she had been praised by USA Today for her plucky women who rise to the occasion, and bookless said fans of Mary, uh, Jane Green and Mary Alice Monroe will adore Wendy, and it's true. I'm thrilled to have my first guest back on the show all these years later, the inimitable Wendy Wax. Welcome, Wendy.
1: Thank you, thank you! What a great introduction, and how cool oh. to be back again. I, when you told me I was your very first, I don't think I knew that at the time. So. You probably
0: didn't, and I, I, I hope I've gotten better since then. <laughs> <You know. laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, I really hope I've done, I've done well, you know, and and learned my lessons uh, over the years. Congratulations on the release of your new book, My Ex Best Friend's thank you. Wedding. It is, um, and it was so funny. You gave me your copy at Book Fair, and I tore through it that same evening. It was just so much fun to read. Um, You know, it it occurs to me that your books are so woven around female friendships. And um, I I often wonder, Wendy, if younger women and girls – have those same types of friendships that you and I had when we were growing up what do you think
1: hmm well as the mother of boys i have a lot less experience i'll be honest with um girls teenage girls girls in their 20s but i right. i think so i i actually believe that that that's something that is very much happening today i mean it it may play out in slightly different ways but i i think so i see lots of of young women out and about together i know that they're in touch in different ways but yeah i, yeah. Yeah, I think female friendship is female friendship i do you're
0: you're right i i you know i think of my niece who is in her mid-20s and she's had long time friends so i'm i'm glad to know mm. that um Let's talk about you. You've had such an interesting career from when I first spoke to you in 2012. Um, tell me, you, I know that you were desperate to learn to read before you started kindergarten. I found that fascinating. And, and you, you talked a neighbor
1: into teaching you to read? Yes, I did. In fact, I, I think that's just the whole perfectionist, always thinking I'm supposed to know more than I do thing. But yeah, for some reason, I had it in my head that when you got there, you were supposed to already know how to do that. And so I did. I spent a lot of time in a, in a neighbor neighbor friend's garage while she had, she had her chalkboard and she taught me how to do that. And then, of course, I showed up and um, everybody was just getting started. So, at any rate, I, that's just who I am. I can't help
0: it. You were ahead of the learning curve then way, way, way ahead when you got into kindergarten, but you kept reading all along. Do you recall
1: some of the books you read as a youngster? Oh my gosh. Um no, because I've been reading for so long I I almost don't remember what I read last week. So oh, you're I so funny. remember you know basic basic things that I know the uh-huh. I remember on Mrs. Piggly Wiggly, certainly Nancy Drew was a big deal to me. I remember reading Heidi Uh, obviously not in kindergarten but I'll never forget reading that book and in fact the um, aunt that uh, this book is dedicated to and whose portrait in the family wedding gown inspired it was all the women in my family were very big readers we I mean just inhaled books and I remember visiting her once while I was reading that book and she said to me oh gee has so-and-so died yet. It was the worst thing ever. So I I gave, I gave her grief about that for a lot of years, but uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we always had a book in our hand or, you know, I don't like to sit and eat a meal by myself unless I'm reading while I do it. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad, but it's, it's always been true for me.
0: Oh, I understand. I remember being little and reading the side of cereal boxes, and uh, you know, exactly. just to have something to read because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to read yes. at the table. But I, I, I know how you mean. Um, yeah. I want to talk about your career first. You, you started in broadcasting. Was that your goal right.
1: out of school to go into broadcasting? Yes actually I was a journalism major in college and I discovered radio while I was in school as far as which aspect of it I wanted to pursue because originally I thought mm-hmm. print journalism and then I was on the uh you know the school station and I just loved it and discovered that it was I was very comfortable there I had a voice that that worked in that way and so that was the direction that I took and I did a lot of voiceover work for many years. I went to work at a PBS affiliate in Tampa right out of college, and it wow. was a small enough place that you you did a lot of everything. I started running camera and then moved into producing and then on camera and that sort of thing. So it was a, it was a really great experience. I I loved it. I left there ultimately to the freelance. I worked in film. Production for a while, and uh, honestly, I thought I would always do those things and we moved up to Atlanta from Florida about twenty years ago, I guess it was, and I was a voice of home shopping network. I was doing a lot of a lot of voice work, and when I got up here, it was a whole different thing they it, it was harder to break into this market, which I found surprising, so I, w- I was doing a lot of auditioning, which I had never had to do, and was not getting very many jobs, and that was when and my children were small, and I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to focus on, on writing. I had started a book, and you know, I thought, I'm just, I might as well focus on this, and I did. But they were very small, so so it took me a lot of years to write that first book. It was uh, actually a story about a, a woman who leaves a PBS affiliate in Tampa to be um, an on-air host of a show called Desperate and Dateless. So it was, like most first books, almost completely autobiographical, except for – all the really great sex I wrote. I, I totally made that up at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sticking You're with so that. It was so, yes. so
0: funny. Yes, that's okay. You now have it on air. It's going in the archives as such. No one can claim any differently. And I hope, I hope
1: my publisher is not listening to this. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, um, tell
0: me about the experience of writing. A, a lot of women that I speak to who say they have small children, Found that it's a really good profession for them because it didn't um, hinder mothering and wifing and caregiving and whatever else you had to do, that it's a, a really a great career choice when you are a mom. Um, did you know how to
1: craft a book
0: when you oh, started? Oh, no. I had
1: no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I I have to say it was... No, I did not know, and I just started, and what I have discovered over the years is this. I spent a lot of years, you know, I was talking about the perfectionism thing earlier. I spent a lot of years both in child rearing and in writing where I, I was convinced there had to be a best way to do this, and that if only I could figure out what that way was, I would be great at it. And the reality is, as, as anyone listening knows who's raised children, there is no right, perfect way to do that. And right. also, in my experience, writing is the same. I, I tried for many years. I have to tell you the truth. It, it was the first book I wrote. I only realized, and and I and I happened to sell it. I only realized later when I started reading about the craft and and the art of writing and all of those things, I discovered that I had done a lot of things instinctually that, that just happened as I told the story. I think it got harder once I was trying to do it, do things intentionally, to tell you the truth. But for years, every writer I met who would tell me the way they did it, I would think, oh, that would be way better. And I I know one woman who was an engineer in her previous life, and she outlines everything and each scene and what point of view it's from. And all of that and other people have, you know, color coded sticky things and all sorts of stuff. And I tried a lot of those things and honestly, especially the outlining and trying to know everything before I started, it just completely shut me down. So I think the one thing that has come after all of these years and this number of books is that I'm finally beginning to accept the fact that I am not the plotter and the planner that I told myself I was I really am a a seat of the panther, and my process is really messy there's a lot of panic involved because I really <laughs> don't necessarily know where i'm going. I know my husband my husband's like you've done this so many times what's the problem but but the reality is that for me, every book is different, the characters sure. are different where i'm going is different and so and i I know where I'm going as I go, so every scene that I write helps me know those characters better. It helps me know what should come next, and you know, part of it. There's a lot of panic. You know, I I've I've kind of learned to manage that panic so that I can just keep going. I do tell myself, there was a writer quite some time ago who used to refer to what she called the, the girls in the basement. And I, I assume that always meant, you know, the subconscious, and you just have to trust in yourself that somehow it's there and that if you just keep going and and trust, you're going to get to the end. And And the other thing I've learned over these years is that, you know, you're going to fix it. As long as you get something on the page, that's the most critical thing because you're going to spend time fixing it. There is no such thing as a perfect first draft and you have to let go of that perfectionism enough to tell the story knowing that you're know that you going to do it. In fact, I have my, my uh, mouse pad. Uh, one of my critique partners gave it to me and it actually reads, I hope this isn't a bad word, but it says, even if it's crap, just get it on the page. And right. that's what we say. You know, you can fix anything except a blank page. And that's the biggest lesson, I think, that I've learned over over this number of books is to accept that.
0: I'm, You know, when people say they're, they're pantsers, I, I consider it kind of <laughs> intuitive writing rather than that. You're mm-hmm. going by what your own intuition is telling you to do. And obviously, you're doing it right because – you, without fail, have magnificent reader reviews, and to me, reader reviews are more important than editorial reviews, because that is telling me that you are writing something that someone like me wants to read, and so congratulations mm-hmm. on all of the successful books you've had. You're 14 standalones in, or 14 novels in now, right? or is this one 15? Right,
1: this is my this is my 15th novel. So, right. I um 15 and and two novellas. So, yeah, and I realized recently that I've actually been published now for I think it's 20 years, which just shook shook the world, you know. I was like, "Really? Can that be true? I've become one of the I've become that crusty old whatever, you know, who's been at this for a long time, but I feel really fortunate." To get to do this for a living, I have to
0: say. Well, I, I've met you awesome. in person, and I'm going to tell you there's nothing crusty about you, girlfriend.
1: Um, <laughs> and even RT
0: gave you a career achievement award from mainstream fiction, and I happen to know that the city commission in St. Pete gave you um, <laughs> gave you a proclamation claiming that May 12th was Wendy Wax Day, and I think that's marvelous because in Miami there's a Pam Stack Day, but there's also the pan stack day was also a really famous baseball player's day too. So I understand. Uh, that. well, hey,
1: it's, that's right. We should start a, we should start a club. That's so wonderful. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm
0: telling you, I agree. I agree. Let's talk about my best friends, my ex best friend's wedding. Um, You know, I, I tried to stop and think of people that women that I had been friends with throughout the years and who I no longer am friends with. And was it a matter of distance? Was it a matter of misunderstandings? And you know, this book really brought all that to the to the surface for me. And and I love mm. the book. It's fabulous. It's got some Thank great you. humor. Some wonderful friendships. You know, it's 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 melancholy in places where it should be melancholy. And um, where did this book come from in you? And let's tell listeners no. a little bit about
1: it. Well, the so the uh, frankly the book itself as you know I mentioned the portrait of the wedding dress yes. and how that became an unexpected part of the story. It it was also written because I there was a friendship that I lost and it was never repaired. In fact, while I was writing this story, um, you know, I kept thinking about it. And in fact, some of the scenes that I wrote, I thought, you know, I I could really feel what it would be like to be with someone who you once said everything to and shared everything with and then had to be so careful around. And I actually reached out to this former friend uh, and said, you know, I've been really thinking about this and us and I just felt like I needed to reach out to you and and all of that and I I have to tell you the truth I got a an email back or I think it was an email and not a text I it might have been a text just basically saying that you know um, not all friendships were meant to be forever and that was the end of it it was I, I have wow. said that to a few people because it felt very pathetic and awful to me but actually a number of other people have have Said you know maybe the direct way in which it was said was a little, it didn't feel good. Harsh, but sure. I, you know that in fact that is not an untrue thing. You know that not uh, every friendship is meant to be, you know, for forever. And forever. Uh, we were friends for a really long time. So sure, you know, we were in each well, other's we... weddings, all of that. So.
0: Sure. We, we, we change, you know, we, we change as we grow mm-hmm. older. We have different experiences and different perspectives right. on things. So I I understand that. Let's talk about the book. So we yes. are, we were talking about three ladies who've been friends for a really long time.
1: I'll let you describe it because after all, you are the writer. Well, okay. So uh, basically the story revolves around Lauren and Brianna, who first they first meet in kindergarten on the Outer Banks, discover they were born on the same day, which, you know, in their mind makes them as good as sisters. And Kendra is Lauren's mother, and she is the person who mothers both of them. So as girls, Lauren and Bri... They have this great passion for books from the moment they can read. They're voracious readers. They start making up stories and plotting books together. And they share a dream of one day going to New York to become, you know, quote unquote, famous authors. But when that day comes, Brie backs out. She stays on the Outer Banks. She ultimately marries Lauren's ex boyfriend in the wedding dress that's been in Lauren's family for generations. She builds a family she never had. She buys the bookstore she worked in through high school and college, and she begins a novel of her own. It's Lauren who goes to New York by herself. She's the one who achieves their dream, and her first novel is based on the idea that they brainstorm together. It becomes a bestseller, and you know their friendship is definitely over, but the book really begins right before they turn 40, and on that day, Bree's dealing with a marriage that's hasn't quite delivered on It's Happily Ever After. She's raising her children, running the bookstore, and trying to finish a novel that everyone knows she's been working on for 15 years. Lauren, on the other hand, who's now the queen of beach reads, receives an unexpected marriage proposal that sends her back to the Outer Banks, her ex-best friend, and the family wedding dress that she really never thought she'd wear it's it's while she's trying on the dress as they call it that Lauren discovers that everything her mother told her about her family and her past is a greater fiction than anything she's ever written so that's that's the setup and, and what the story is and and after that there's you know dealing with the truth and the friendship and all of those things and it's it's what I write, you know, women's journeys of self-discovery, figuring out who we are, what we're made of, and, you know, a lot of times that happens when things fall down around us. You know, it. it I'm listening to you speak, and your
0: description of your book is so beautiful that I wish you would do the Audible book <laughs>
1: because I probably <laughs>
0: would – just your manner of speaking, I it matches so much with your beautiful writing, and I probably would listen to my first audio book if I knew you were narrating your own. Uh, so I have to just say that. That's so <laughs>
1: funny. I love audio books, but I have to tell you, those they are actors, and typically yeah. they're really good no, at know. it. I, oh, I yeah, can deliver, I, but yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> so I I had a there's they way I'm... more going for them.
0: Yeah, I had a panel for audiobooks and and a, an audio narrator was on, and it is not mm. something I would. I, I just can't imagine doing it, and especially in a, the time frame they have, and keeping you know their yeah. voice and character and whatever. Um, I I love your writing. I love your writing first of all because it's about women. I love it also because it's. You have a lately, a very southern way of writing. If you understand what oh, I'm really? saying, really? I think you <laughs> I, do. I'm um, surprised by that. I, yeah, I think you do. I like it very much. I like um, I like women's fiction that is written in a southern way. it's, it's even though you know we're where we're from, <laughs> we're not really considered the South. I was we're not to say, the, I really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, until you get to North well, Florida, you're it. not considered in the South, you know. But it's the a beautiful way. Right? That's it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's well, really well, just lovely. I, I love it. I love you. reading your books. Um, they're wonderful. And um, <laughs> my friend Joan, whom you met also at Book Fair, has mm-hmm. just enjoyed reading your books, too. I had a couple extra copies that I gave to her. And so she's enjoyed them right. also. Yeah. Wonderful.
1: So, that's great. Thank you.
0: Tell me, you know, you said when you write, you were we we said you were an intuitive writer. You don't plot everything out. You're not using sticky notes and things like that. Um when you did your series, your um beach series, <laughs> the beach house series, mm-hmm. um Ken Beach House Road, I believe it was called. Ken Beach, beach Road. Yeah, it was the first. Ken Beach right. Road, right. Um did you have to keep like um a book journal of some sort because even though the stories were separate they're still connected. There's some overlap yeah. in characters. Do do you
1: remember what you write in previous books? Oh my gosh. Um no. And the truth also <laughs> is that Ken Beach Road was meant to be a standalone. I had no intention of writing a series. When I wrote that book, when I finished, I really uh-huh. thought I was done. And I was already halfway through an, a totally unrelated book actually, when I realized that I was really missing those characters. I was also hearing from a lot of readers, frankly, who, who really loved Maddie and Avery and Nikki yeah. and Kyra and the crew and who, wanted more. And I, I actually thought about it long and hard because I had never, as much as I love to read series as a reader, I had never thought about doing that. So I was completely ill-equipped and unprepared. And I had to go back and read Kenbridge Road over again to figure out how I would <laughs> oh actually do that and <laughs> did find a way that that it made sense to me. And I really, I didn't mean to keep going either. I just found that I, I felt as long as I could find ways for them to grow and develop and you know, become more. I didn't want to just keep writing the same thing over and over again. I I would keep going. And so that is what happened. But at some point, I forget where we were. It might have been after the second book when I realized I was continuing or it might have been after the third. Um, I actually did have help at that point. Uh, Karen White, who's a longtime uh, critique partner and good friend of mine has been writing the Trad Street series. And so she was doing a series before me and she had referred me to a, a young a college a girl, a girl in college who was the daughter of a friend who who had had helped put together a Bible as how it's referred to for her and she did that for me right. I think it was the first three books were done and and um, she spelled everything out and all of that and then alas she you know graduated and had a life and that was over so ever since then I just am making frantic notes everywhere and trying to. Mm-hmm keep up with what has happened and changed and developed because from where they started to today, you know, a lot has happened. Their lives have changed in many ways. It's been quite a journey. And, you know, every book, especially if you have four or five main characters whose points of view you're in, there's a lot of detail. So it it is sometimes stressful because as much as I love them, you know, there. I know them really well, which is great. When you put them on the page, it's wonderful because I I know them well enough to know how they'd react, what you know, what might happen with them. That's really nice. But there's a lot of detail that needs to be kept track of, and that is not my forte. I will say. May I assume
0: that there will be no more can be true books, or should no, we never assume? Because
1: <laughs> no, I thought, I real, I'll real. i be honest, uh, lots of people have asked me this question, and I will admit that when I wrote Best Speech Ever, which came out last year, mm-hmm. last year I actually mm-hmm. thought it was the end. Yeah, I did. I thought, okay, I wrapped everybody up in a really nice way, and I feel good about that, and, and honestly, I miss them, and I have been getting just a ton of, virtually every email I get is please tell me there's going to be another 10 Beach Road novel. So I I am, this book is a standalone, and the next that I have in mind I haven't quite figured out, I believe will be, and then I would like to really write another 10 Beach Road novel, or at least something that jumps off from it. With the, I, I haven't figured it out, but I believe there will be more. I'm afraid to say there won't, and so there will.
0: <laughs> well, I'm thrilled for that because there are, fantastic books and your reviews on them again from from your readers are spectacular they love this series there's not one book in your in your list that isn't well loved by readers so congratulations for oh, that you're doing you. something that's right nice. so you just you just keep doing it right now i know well, you're, that's you're, really you're great to hear yeah so yeah i know you're starting your book tour um and i know mm-hmm. you're going to be a copperfish which is right up the road for yeah. me. I wish I could tell you that I am going to be there, but I think I'm going <laughs> what time are what time are you at Copperfish on the 20th?
1: Hmm. I will have to look. I want to say maybe 6.30. Yeah. See, like I have, six or 6.30. I have, to,
0: I have to do a show at seven, and I don't think I can get from here to there because I really wanted to see you. Where can we find, um, um, first of all, where your tour is going to be?
1: Where can we well, find Well, actually, you? the best the best place probably to see all of that is on my website, which is authorwendywax.com. There is another Wendy Wax, so if you don't put author in front of my name, you will end up. With her, uh, and actually, she writes children's books, and we found out we were related and have the same name. So, there you <gasps> How go. Wonderful. But, I know, isn't that bizarre? I know, I know. But authorwendywax.com and there is an entire section there with appearances that you know will show the whole tour. The book just came out yesterday. I, I got to do some pre events in the Outer Banks uh, because so much of the book is set there last weekend. I was there, and Tomorrow, I'm moving on. I'll be at Litchfield on Friday, which is always a really great stop, and then I'm swinging through Florida, and then I get to go to Richmond because um, a character – well, my aunt was there, and uh, it was all planned, and then – uh she, you know i think i said she died a few months ago so mm-hmm. the book is dedicated to her the the picture of her in the dress is in the book but um alas i won't you know she won't be there obviously and then i'm going to hit i'm going to be in new york for a couple of events and and then i'm done <laughs> so
0: you have it. a quite a long tour actually and i was just looking at it on on your website you're you're kind of shuffling around a little bit um when will we get mm-hmm. a new wendy wax book do you think
1: um, I actually think that it may not be next spring, um, which has been my usual, um, you know, schedule. I'm going to take mm-hmm. a little bit of extra time. I this, good for you. This 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 spring has been a little intense in many ways, and I'm breathing. So. Uh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to keep you posted, but I'm not yes. positive right now. I think it it will it might be more toward 20 um 20, you know, in, into 20. I can't even do the math. Never mind. But I'm right I am working on a next book. Good. I'm, I'm not going
0: away. I promise. So Any shout outs you want to give to anybody while while I've got you?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm totally unprepared for that, but I, I do want to say to any readers out there um, who have read and enjoyed my books, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love hearing from people, and, you know, I hope they'll enjoy this new one. And, Pam, this is so awesome. I actually, I don't know, can we have, like, another anniversary conversation in next yes, number can. of years? I think we should uh, Absolutely. put on the I think, or should, something. I think
0: we should do this once a year just so we can get to say hello to each other. So I'm glad to put that. you down. <laughs> you have my card. I know how to find you. And I wish okay. you so much success with this book, Wendy. Thank you for coming thank back you. after all these years. I have bumps right now thinking about it, uh, about how much fun I had the first time around and what a novice I was. I hope I've gotten better. <laughs> and I hope and and, you are doing and I, great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I wish you all the success. Until we talk again next year,
1: right? Yes. And thanks so much for having me on. It was really fun.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Wendy. And listeners, thank you for being with me. Thank you, mom and dad. I'll see you later. Bye. (laughs)